Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Newton Group Transfer, they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Learning from your enemy. It's time we learn some smart, smart lessons from Democrats. One Republican out there appears to have done so, and it's an awesome thing. And coronavirus fatigue. Don't you have it yet? 
All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. I'm going to ask you the most uncomfortable question I've ever asked you on this show. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, my. How bad can that possibly be? Because I bring up uncomfortable stuff all the time. This is part of the show. But here. Think of the most hardcore leftist you can imagine in America. Whoever it may be. Whoever pops into your head. Pelosi, AOC, Ilhan Omar. Think of whoever they are. Now, let me ask you something. If that person was forced to drop a nuclear bomb on any area in the world, any area at all, how sure are you that that bomb would drop outside of the United States of America? You're not very sure, are you? And when you think about that, I don't want you to be uncomfortable. You don't have to tell anybody. Don't email me. Don't call the show. You don't have to tell a single soul. You don't even have to tell your spouse. It's right beside you. It's fine. Keep it to yourself. But... You know that you have that feeling for a reason, right? You know it seems they're very pro-anybody who hates us, and you can't seem to figure out why. I can't seem to figure out why, right? It's China. that They really seem to like China a lot, and Iran. What's to like about Iran? A brutal, oppressive regime that crushed their own people? Ew, whether they talk about wiping Israel off the map. Like, they like all these really, really, really bad people and bad things. But you know what they all have in common? All these things, China, Iran, things like that? They all hate America. Are you picking up on it yet? And what do they hate about America? Well... To put too fine a point on it, not to be too on the nose, you, you're what they hate. You're the enemy. These people, as I've told you a thousand times, are communists. You have got to lay down this notion that that we all carry around that, uh, oh, it's Republicans and Democrats. I remember JFK, a good spirited debate, old chap. Ah, even Bill Clinton. bit of a philanderer, but I'm not not a terrible guy, not the worst president ever. Those days might as well be a million years ago. Those days are gone. What we have now is a system of communists. Your Democrat uh, representatives are communists. Almost all your college professors are communists. These Hollywood actors are communists. And no, I don't mean they have some communist party card and they go to little communist meetings. Most of these people have no idea that's what they are. It's just how they were educated. It's all they know. America sucks. The bourgeois are evil. It's a real class warfare thing. We have to bring down the whole evil system for the little guy. This whole communist Marxist notion, it's all in them. And to a communist... Everything's about communism. That's why the left has been so successful in this country, advancing forward, because they eat, sleep, and breathe it. If you practice basketball for eight hours a day for the next 10 years, and I practice for 15 minutes a week for the next 10 years, and then we face off playing one-on-one, who's winning that game? They live and die for it. Communists only think about the advancement of communism, and you know what stops them? You know what they hate? You, China doesn't stop them from, from advancing their cause. They love it. Iran couldn't care less. They'd love to watch the left just completely slaughter this country. You're the enemy. 
and that is a that's that's a hard pill for people to swallow. It is. It, it, it look, I don't love it. I don't like it. Sucks. You don't want to eyeball your fellow Americans like that. No, he's an American, right? Ah, sure, we can we can have a debate, but he said no. No, those days are in the past now. It's time for you and I to grow up and realize you're the enemy. And part of the reason, well, I mean, the only reason I'm even a little bit happy about Joe Biden getting elected, don't get me wrong, everybody knows I wanted four more years of Trump. I'm glad he's there, though. I'm glad Biden is there because now we can all stop lying to ourselves about this silent majority crap, about where we are in the country. Oh, it's 50-50. It can go either way. No, no. The culture's gone. We've lost it. And now, because they know they're in such a position of power as they are, now they're just naked about it. They don't, they don't feel the need to hide anymore. There, there was a little transition period in there where they, oh, you, you better say that quietly. Oh, that's just a private email, right? Come right out and say it now. You know what the former counterterrorism chief for the CIA just said? Quote, the former director of CIA's counterterrorism operation argues that counterinsurgency tactics like those used in Afghanistan and Iraq are needed to fight the extremists who stormed the Capitol. How many stories have I read to you? How many headlines have I read to you in just the past couple weeks just like that? TSA on the lookout. DHS on the lookout. FBI on the lookout. Congress talking about it already. We all know where this is going. You're the enemy. And they're going to treat you like one. And we're about to experience pain in this country, and that sucks. Keep your eyes open. Now, on to some more bad news, good news. I'm not sure how you want to put this. Lloyd Austin, you know, the big new defense cheese, he crushed everybody yesterday, fired a whole bunch of people. The headline from Daily Caller is clean sweep. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin dismisses all Pentagon advisory boards. And Lloyd this to say about it. Advisory boards have and will continue to provide an important role in shaping public policy within the Department of Defense. That said, our stewardship responsibilities require that we continually assess and ensure each advisory committee provides an appropriate value today. This process shall ensure, shall ensure that advisory committee and subcommittee member appointments comply with all applicable federal statutes and regulations. That's just a bunch of politicians speak. What he did was he fired 47, 47 of them, most of them, many of them Trump loyalists. And don't do that thing where, oh, he shouldn't fire those people. People shouldn't be fired. That's exactly what he should have done. And that's exactly what Donald Trump should have done. Bill Clinton gets elected. Every U.S. attorney, bye-bye, you're fired. George Bush gets elected. Well, I mean, some of you guys can stay. Barack Obama gets elected. Boop, everybody gone. Pack up your stuff, you're fired. Donald Trump gets elected. The man famous for saying, you're fired. Oh, everybody can stay. In fact, let's get some enemies right here in the White House, right beside me. That's how you got four years. Four years of Donald Trump's own government hobbling him constantly shackling him. And I'm not saying this to bash on Trump or Bush. I'm really not. I'm saying this because, my goodness, the next Republican president, if Lord willing we ever have one again, has got to wake up and realize these people play for keeps. I don't care that he's been a public servant for 20, 30 years. Bye. Gone. 
all of them fired day one. You cannot trust anybody. The system is rotted out and corrupted. Donald Trump got impeached from within his own State Department. It's time to wake up and realize the call is coming from inside the House. Start being bold. And speaking of bold, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, affectionately known on this show as Heavy D, seems to be a man might have his eyes on the White House. He, allowed, he announced a list of new regulations in Florida, and here they are. This is for big tech. Mandatory opt-outs for big tech's content filters, a solution to tech censorship first proposed by Breitbart News in 2018. A private right of action for Florida citizens against tech companies. Fines of $100,000 per day levied on tech companies that suspend candidates for elected office in Florida, so on and so on. I'm not going to read you that entire thing because it's way too much reading, and I went to community college. But just know, Governor Ron DeSantis is a man who seems to be very, very aware of the danger out there. And if we could just go ahead and take some of that and give it to every single Republican in this country, we'd be a lot, lot better off. Here's ABD. Hunter Biden's story was true, okay? We now know it was true. And the typical corporate media outlets, they just chose to ignore it. Obviously, they wanted to beat Trump. They had a, they had a, a view on the election. They didn't want to give it any air. So we rely on social media to go around that not let corporate legacy media outlets control the discourse and let us speak. So you had the New York Post to run it and you couldn't get any traction. You couldn't get any reach on it because big tech put their thumb on the scale. So that was true. What they said at the time, oh, it was, it was, it's a conspiracy or it's based on, on, on hacked information. Are you kidding me? You're trying to tell me if there was hacked information that could damage me, you guys wouldn't print it? Give me a break. You can whiz on my leg, but don't tell me it's raining. You guys would print it every single day if you could. And big tech would allow it to proliferate every single day, 24-7. So it's not being done in a principled basis. He's not wrong. He's not wrong about any of it. And he seems to be one of the few out there willing to actually take it on. And that's what we need. And no... I'm not going to cheerlead for him, and let me caution you against it. Don't ever, ever, ever fall in love with a politician. They're only men. They put their pants on one leg at a time just like you. They're only men. But I'm officially on the heavy D watch at this point in time. He looks like he's a man who takes it seriously. Betting odds are getting better and better for him. 2024 Republican nominee betting odds. Trump Jr., Mike Pence, Nikki Haley. And then Ted Cruz and Ron DeSantis, people to keep your eye on. And allow me to burst the uh, Las Vegas bubble. Um, don't bet on Nikki Haley. That's, that's not going to happen. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, home title theft is not a small deal. And it's not something that's only happening in other parts of the country. It's not something that's only happening in other parts of the world. Right here in the United States of America, home title theft is wiping people out. Your home is almost undoubtedly your biggest financial vulnerability. So protect it. Your home title's online. They will hack it. They will take a loan out against it. And you will have to pay it back. Your home insurance isn't paying it back. You will have to pay it back. Or you can just go get home title lock. They'll detect any tampering and stop it like that. 
Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. That gets you 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. Aren't you worn out about coronavirus? Uh, haven't you just had enough of the whole thing? And it's, it's one of those things, I almost didn't even want to do a segment on it today because we have these new you know, guidelines, there's a new relief plan, so I've obviously got to tell you about that, but I'm worn out about it. I'm worn out about yelling about it. I'm worn out about the stupid masks. I was at a basketball game with my little son last night. He, he had to go out there and play. And they didn't make most of the players wear masks, but even some of the little kids are out there wearing masks, huffing and puffing. The parents all have to wear them, but you know what? Not with it's just it was a disaster. It's so stupid. It's all been so dumb and mishandled and mismanaged from the very beginning. And that's the good news. The bad news is we're now we have another COVID relief bill coming, 1.9 trillion dollars, and it's just terrible. It's absolutely terrible, and it's going to continue to be terrible. That's the thing. Before I even tell you about this bill, just know, just know, this isn't going to be the last one. They're going to pass COVID relief bills from now until the end of time because it allows them to get through whatever they want to get through. Or, what do you mean you voted against it? Do you want people to die? You better get out there and vote for it. It's it's so transparent. Here's a few things that are in the new one. $1.9 $1.9 trillion, as I told you. $1,400 for the peasants. All right. For people making up to $75,000 a year. Provides $20 billion for schools. Why would I want any money going to American schools? Boosts weekly unemployment benefits to $400. Oh, good. More money for people not working. And increases the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour, which has to be the biggest joke in the world because almost no federal employees make minimum wage. It's just a gigantic bunch of symbolism out there. Make people feel good. But Democrat senator from Wisconsin, from Wisconsin, from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, says he's out. Are you for raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour? Brett, I don't think that's going to make it in because it doesn't fit within, I know it's an inside ball game, but inside the bird rule. Only thing we can do during, during this uh, during this reconciliation is anything that comes within the financial realms of what we're dealing with. It's called a budget reconciliation. It has to be within the budget lines. That does not come within that at all. And it really needs to be debated. It doesn't work in different states are different. Some states already have $15. I think anybody that goes to work in the morning and works 40 hours a week and works 50 weeks a year, that's 2,000 hours, should be above a family of three, above the poverty guidelines. Uh, and that's not $15. $350 billion in state and local relief. You're for that? Well, we have to look at that. I think that's way high. I, from everything I've seen, that's extremely high. But with that, we want to make sure that the states that truly have hit, been hit the hardest have revenue shortages because of the type of an economy they had, have some relief. We're, we're very sympathetic towards that. And, you know, we worked together in uh, the 900 billion, 908 uh, team that we put together with Democrats and Republicans and came up with a good compromise, but you had to meet metrics in order to do it. You had to show need. You had to show basically the coronavirus, how much it attacks your state, and basically how your economy lost in the population. So they're going to have to prove that they need it, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near that. Yeah. Well, if you have a Democrat saying that, that's not good. And before I read the 
CDC COVID recommendations for Super Bowl. You know, the Super Bowl is this Sunday. I won't be watching. Maybe you will. I will not be watching. I, I just want to, I want to point this out again because this can't, it can't possibly be lost on us. This is 2021. America, 2021. We are, you and I, we exist in the most technologically, scientifically advanced realm in the history of the world right now. And this, this is the response to a virus. This is what we have. We have guidelines for the Super Bowl party, and here they are. I'm not making these up. I swear on my life I'm not making these up. Avoid using restroom facilities or concession areas at high traffic times, such as halftime or immediately at the end of the event. Avoid chanting or cheering. Stomp, clap, or bring handheld noisemakers instead. Limit alcohol consumption. Gosh, consuming alcohol may make you less likely to follow the COVID-19 safety measures. And minimize the time you spend in the restaurant, bar, or concession area. The longer you stay, the more you increase your risk. What? You know what? Never mind. TSA. TSA is ramping things up. Look, everything was going to get worse under Joe Biden. We knew we were in for this. TSA is ramping things up. Speaking of, you know, shaming people, ostracizing people who think differently than the system does. This is the TSA. Quote, whether beginning the security screening process at the airport travel document checker or submitting checked baggage for screening, all passengers who appear to be over the age of two must wear a face mask throughout the security screening process. The officer at the TDC will request that travelers temporarily lower the mask to verify their identity. Those who approach TDC without a mask will be asked to wear or obtain one to proceed. Depending on the circumstance, those who refuse a mask may be subject to a civil penalty for attempting to circumvent screening requirements, interfering with screening personnel, or a combination of offenses. Yeah. Yeah. You read that right. They're actually ramping things up. Get ready. Better have your mask up. And you know it's not going to stop at once. Soon it'll be. You better have 90 masks and three face shields. It's, it's all so dumb and pointless. Good grief. The virus is going to work its way through society. It always was. That remains. Now, I know a lot of you ask, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I feel helpless. What can I do? Well, I have a really good solution for you. It's called Mammoth Nation. And here's what it is. You sign up. You sign up for Mammoth Nation. The money you pay goes to people running for office who will actually fight for us. I'm talking about veterans, Second Amendment advocates, people like that. Well, what do you get out of it? Do you just get the knowledge that you funded somebody running for office? No. You get to save money travel, hotel, telehealth, you get to save money on a laundry list of things way too many for me to mention just because you're a member of Mammoth Nation. It's that good. You save money and you fund people running for office. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. That's mammothnation.com slash jesse. Sign up today. We'll be back. If there's one thing I take seriously, as you well know, it's this man-made climate change stuff. And you know why I take it seriously? Because I see leadership like John Kerry, and I can tell 
he takes it seriously. I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, is that the, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing, almost full time, is working to win the battle of climate change. And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. Of course, he's a good little party member. Joining me now to talk about that and other things, author and columnist of American Greatness, Julie Kelly. Julie, John Kerry's out there winning the fight for you and me. Stop complaining about his private jet. We're so lucky to have him. I mean, who among us hasn't <laughs> married a billionaire widow heiress and then been able to fly around the world in luxury for decades, lecturing all of us? I mean, he really, you know, he's doing the right thing for the planet. We should just support his Gulfstream 8 or whatever he's flying around in. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, it tugs at my heartstrings knowing John Kerry's out there on the front lines for us. All right. Enough of that for now. I saw, I'm sure you saw, the CIA, former CIA counterterrorism guy talking about treating us like insurgents, like this is Iraq and Afghanistan. Julie, how do so many on our side not see what's coming and what these people are and what they want? How could we be so blind? It's the usual game, Jesse, you know this. I mean, this is the distraction with someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene. They want to make her the shiny object so they can move forward with Biden's executive orders, using those to upend our immigration policy, uh, you know, identity politics, their gender uh, politics as well. Um, and then also continue this idea that January 6th was an insurrection that almost 75 million Americans are domestic terrorists. Um, I'm doing research on this right now, actually, and it's pretty terrifying how they're willing to use our law enforcement system and now intelligence agencies to go after regular Americans who simply don't vote the way that they want to. And now we're being called uh, insurrectionists, we're being called insurgents, we're being compared to Al-Qaeda. And so, um, you know what, Jesse, if, if they do the same thing to these people that they do that they did overseas for the past two decades, I don't think anyone has much to worry about because it's like failure theater, every single one of them. <laughs> like what? In all seriousness, the, the law enforcement angle is, is the one that really has me concerned because, I mean, look, I, everybody knows I'm, I'm a bit pro-cop just because so many of my buddies are cops. But these are going to be FBI agents knocking on your door. Julie, did you have, was that you? Is this you pictured here with a MAGA hat? Do, do you have a gun too? Look, we have some concerns. Don't worry, we have a FISA warrant. I'm sure that was totally legit. We just need you to come down and answer some questions. What am I supposed to do about merging these worlds, Julie? It's, um, you know, the sedition task force that the Justice Department has put together and the acting attorney general has said quite publicly in a, in a press conference that they're going to build felony sedition cases based on misdemeanors such as trespassing or interfering in an official proceeding. These are some of the charges that have been uh, made against people who were either inside or outside the Capitol. They're also holding these people uh, without bond. You might 
might have seen some of these stories. So you have one person who was charged with a misdemeanor. Um, one judge accused him of, because he he doubts the outcome of the 2020 presidential election, he's a flight risk because then that means he doesn't believe in the judicial system either. So they're holding people without bail you know, for doing far less than anything we saw over the summer. And of course, all of those people were either not charged or, you know, had uh, bail defense funds like set up by our, our current vice president. Uh, Julie, the AOC angle from today is absolutely cracking me up just because I enjoy mocking her because she's a moron. I mean, who doesn't enjoy mocking her? But AOC has been all over Instagram crying about she was in fear for her life. And of course, it comes out today. She was not even in the Capitol building. She was over in the Cannon office building. There were no insurgents in AOC's office. But we'll still focus on our own party, our own side, our own pundits, our own politicians will still focus on our own scumbags and never on theirs. What is this suicidal thing we have? It was bound to happen, right, Jesse? I mean, I, I know uh, there were a few of us who were suggesting that Mitch McConnell really deserved to lose control of the Senate. I know that I was one of them, and this is exactly why. But now you see Kevin McCarthy and others in House leadership, obviously Liz Cheney, um, who are going down this path. They really think that Trump was, what, an outlier, that now they're just gonna go back to business as usual, back to the bi-party beltway, system of conducting government. So it's really astonishing that Kevin McCarthy would even consider any kind of censure of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. When you have someone like Adam Schiff, I know that they're trying to deflect to Ilhan Omar, and I think that's fine, but no one in Washington, D.C. is a bigger conspiracy theorist, has done more damage to our political system, has lied to the American people more than uh, House Intelligence Chairman Adam Schiff. And this is a guy in position of power. I mean, Ilhan Omar isn't certainly, Green is not either. So for them not to be on the offense, and which they should have been during the past four years against Adam Schiff and his collaborators as well. But you have every single Democratic lawmaker in Washington who peddled the most destructive uh, conspiracy theory of all, which was Russian collusion while covering up legitimate crimes, the weaponization of our law enforcement community against the Trump campaign. So this, but they, you know, they fall for it every time. These are the same people who went behind, backed the Robert Mueller probe into an imaginary crime when they knew that there was nothing there. So none of it's surprising, it's just frustrating and infuriating, And uh, but this will just get us closer to, the, uh, to reforming, or at least uh, exercising these people out of the Republican Party and putting in new blood and new leadership, which is desperately needed. Is that the solution, Julie? Because what my concern is, is that we are going to get a third party. I've never feared it as much as I fear it now. And look, I get so mad at the GOP, sometimes I want it. But I know that's a solution just to lose forever. Do you think people are finally mad enough to start kicking some of these losers to the curb? I, I really do. Um, I think that, you know, it's frustrating that people like Lindsey Graham and Ben Sass just won re-election. But these House races uh, in two years, you're going to see 
you already see people like Josh Howley. Um, in, I believe he's up in, no, he's up in 2024. He had a record fundraising month in January. You're going to see the donations going directly to these members uh, or candidates who are challenging, say, the 10 House Republicans who voted in favor of impeachment. So that's really where the energy is going to come from. But I'm, I'm with you, Jesse. I'm not a third party fan. You really have a whole infrastructure, the state, local, township level, Republican Party, the precinct committeemen, et cetera, who you can't really just recreate that. So we really just need to take over the Republican Party. Trump started it. That was a big reason why he won. And it'll just be a continuation of that into uh, the 2022 elections. Julie, what are you telling people out there who are scared, understandably scared right now? The federal government looks like it's going the wrong way fast, including, as we already discussed, putting us on enemies lists. I've been telling people to move. If you, if you can, move. Go to a good town, good state, good city, and that, that's your best line of protection right now. It really is. I mean, that is where the leadership is. You look at, of course, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I'm down in Florida right now. I live in Illinois, but I escape here as much as I can. Texas, um, your uh, attorney general there who has taken the lead, really picked up where even our own attorney general, uh, Trump's attorney generals failed. So that is where the strongest leadership, Christy Noem, the, the governor, of course, of South Dakota. So that's where the leadership is going to be. So you're right. So flee these uh, bankrupt states and cities uh, who keep electing these people to power, um, and then go to these red states and communities and get involved in local politics. You know, it's not hard to do. You just go sign up with whatever the organization is, start knocking on doors, donate money if you can, work phone banks, um, but have your voice heard too at that level. You're exactly right. There's a lot of focus in Washington when the real reform is going to be grassroots starting locally and in these states. Julie, I hear, a lot, I hear a lot of complaints when we hear about Democrats, they're winning these DA seats, and people say, well, they have big rich people who fund these races. Where are our rich people? We got rich people, too, and they're not spending money? Well, we do. Uh, so hopefully some of them will step up. I know that there was um, there were big donors who were very disappointed with Mitch McConnell's handling of, uh, you know, the post-January uh, 6th events. And so I think that you are going to see, we do have some donors. They're probably being silent for now, but you also have power in the grassroots uh, donations as well. And I think that that is where the party, say the uh, you know senatorial committees or uh, congressional committees that uh, GOP, uh, national committee, that's where they're going to take a, a hit in their wallets. And that is where people should just empower with their own money, give to the candidates who you want to support, give to the candidates who are under fire. But we do have a, a, a lot of money behind uh, the MAGA movement. And I, I think that we should, you know, hopefully be able to rely on them as primaries start uh, early next year. Julie Kelly. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Jesse. We'll be back. Well, we figured it was probably a good day to bring our own former counterterrorism agent on. 
and current host of This Is My Show with Drew Berkwist. Drew, come on in, please, because I have this statement from Robert Grenier I thought you would find interesting, you know, former counterterrorism chief. We may be witnessing the dawn of a sustained wave of violent insurgency within our own country, perpetuated, perpetuated by our own countrymen, extremists who seek a social apocalypse and are capable of producing endemic political violence of a sort not seen in this country since Reconstruction. Drew, that was a lot of big words, but I don't think I like the CIA talking like that. Yeah. No, I don't. There was that. There was a, you know, the op-ed that ran, I forget the guy's name, but it doesn't matter, this week in Washington Examiner, kind of a similar thing. Lots of talk about that, lots of concern about it. And what I, what I think's really concerning about it is, is certainly there's there's bad people on both sides of the political sphere. You know, that's just that's just true. But they're lumping so many people. They're using real big terms and they're, they're using real broad terms and how they define people. Uh, and I think that's a real slippery slope that they're leading us down. Everything that I've read that, that goes along with his statement there, and again, that Washington Examiner piece, are, are scary things. And, and, and they're not true either. They're not true. And it, you know what hit me is the same thing that hit you. Not how specific they are how vague they are. I mean, I call these people communists all the time because that's what they are, yep. but this is straight out of the communist playbook. They'd issue these rules and directives that really could mean anything. It just gave them the freedom to do whatever they wanted. I, how do I know I'm not on the domestic terrorist list? Exactly. No, and, and, and by all accounts, you probably are. Like, that's, that's what people need to understand here is, look, you hear the terms like they use, extremists, domestic terrorists, all these things, and you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, domestic terrorists and extremists sounds bad. It's like, wait a minute, though. You might be, as you just said there, you might be on that list because you voted for Trump, because you have a different political system or values system that, that you go by and that you're not willing to go along with their plan. So the way they've described it, and, and certainly not everyone's doing it that way, but a lot of them are. And when you've got the mainstream media, you've got big tech all at your disposal, you can you can make this thing very dangerous. And, and sadly, there's some of them that I think want that to happen. So all of this rhetoric this week has got me very concerned. Why do they want it to happen, Drew? Why? Well, I think, uh, for one, I think they want control. I think that they can seize more control when they can say that more people are out of hand. You know, when you can say more people are, you know, the crazy ones who did, you know, that broke the law on the 6th, or, or Trump supporters in general, conservatives in general, like we've seen, for so long, as soon as they can grab one thing and latch onto it and say, see, we were right, we told you about this the whole time, they're awful people, we need to take care of all of them. Um, I, I think it really falls in, in line with that that logic there. Hey, let's throw a big net out, let's keep it vague on purpose, and then let's throw a bunch of people into that net and start seizing more and more control, oppressing more and more voices. And I think it really boils down to that. Drew, do you think deep down they want to divide the country more? Because I, I don't know. Look, it's not like I expected the Democrats to govern the way I wanted them to govern. I'm not naive. But I don't know if you could have taken a step-by-step -step process any better to how to divide this nation than how the Joe Biden administration has done it since they took office. It seems like they want us to rip ourselves apart. Yeah, no, I think absolutely. And I think the media does. And I think so many on their side, that's, that is absolutely their goal. Big tech does. They're all in agreement on that. And they'll say, again, no, we want unity. Well, they want unity with the people who will bow to them and do exactly what they want. If you're unwilling to do that or you have different views, then you are on the naughty list. You are on the list of, 
of domestic terrorists. You are on all of these things. So uh, it's people have to be careful when they hear the terms unity and when they hear all these terms, because again, even when it comes to unity, the way they're defining it and describing it and or just using that word is not how you or I or any other normal person would use it. So I, I think absolutely they're trying to drive the wedge. Again, power, control, all of that is the end game for them. And they're not going to get it by just doing what they used to. So this is this is Drew, a, the more and more, a concerted effort. The more I see your governor, Heavy D, the more impressed I am. Tell me something I don't like about him. Gosh, there's not a whole lot right now, right? I mean, it's hard to that makes me it's nervous. hard to pick on him. You see the speech that that one that you're playing here. I mean, the guy's great, right? Right down to some zingers and one-liners he puts in there. I, it's it's hard to pick on him right now. And you know what? Someone made a point, too, and I don't remember who it is or I'd give them credit, but since I don't remember who it is, I'll take credit. You know, he's doing things that a governor in a deep red state who's not concerned about getting reelected would do. You know, this this state is still a swing state. It's still an important state that's trending more and more towards purple, and he's just putting it all out there. He's he's going with the principles that that he stands behind, stands with, and he's he's killing it. I mean, he's really doing an amazing job. Whether you look at COVID, whether you look at really any aspect of his leadership, he is he is the one out there that is defining what leadership looks right like like right now. And it's it's a breath of fresh air to see. Are you, as a resident of Florida, ready for a massive influx of a bunch of libs from other people when, when their states are ruined? Say yes, it's happening. Don't New York or Florida get look. I'm sure there's nice people in the Northeast. I'm sure there are. Just don't come here because it's it's changing the politics of it. And they always do that. It's always funny, right? Oh, we're New Yorkers or we're New Jersey, from New Jersey, wherever. And then we hate the politics here. We hate the lockdowns, even though we voted these people in. And then I'm going to come down there and I'm going to destroy your state. Please don't do that. Please don't do it. Drew, do you get the impression that anybody outside of a couple tiny little urban pockets that anybody is really going all in taking coronavirus mega seriously anymore and when i say take it seriously i think everybody knows it's a deadly virus i'm not saying otherwise but i feel like people are so worn out and just done with it they don't want to hear lectures like we're getting now about don't have a super bowl party i feel like everybody's tuned it out at this point yeah i mean obviously there's pockets i mean we see i know you probably see it on on social media you've got the trolls out there who that's just that's what they live for but even them deep down i think that they you know they they have fun with that they don't have a job or a life so they'll go and do those things talk about those things online but if you were to sit them down and have a chai latte or whatever they drink they would probably tell you they're not that scared of it either i think that you know a lot of people are like you just said they're just tired and worn out like okay even the ones who are scared i'm scared but i also am not willing to live in a you know, 10 by 10 apartment in New York and just stay in here the whole time. So I think people are fed up. I think people are seeing the flip-flopping of Fauci. We need a mask. We don't need a mask. We need two masks. We don't need two masks. But actually, we might change it to two masks. I mean, it's it's crazy town, the conversation and all the back and forth on it, the back and forth on the vaccine. So I think people are just fed up. Obviously, there's still a concern, but but not to the extent that we've seen. Drew, let's go to an area you're quite familiar with, Afghanistan. Trump was attempting to get our, our guys out, drawing down. It sounds like Joe Biden's putting a big fat pause on all that. I mean, how much longer is this going to last, man? A long time. I mean, look, I mean, this, this, is, this is an administration and a, and, a, and, a, and a group of people that are surrounding him now, holding him up, doing all of this, that even though they'll <laughs> say on camera, 
they don't like wars and we're not for wars. They're always the ones pushing it. They're always the one peddling it. So, yeah, I, I think it's unfortunately going to be a long time. And, and look, I don't think it's awful to have a presence somewhere over in that part of the world, but we don't need to be doing what we've what we've been doing. We don't need to have a huge presence in, in Iraq, Afghanistan, certainly pushing into Syria. So I think, you know, we, we saw some big gains there, some big re reductions is the better word um, under President Trump. We're going to see all of that start to get erased. And whether it goes back to a huge footprint or a medium-sized footprint, it'll be the wrong move. Talk about Syria. What is it? I feel like it's the place that's a total mystery to most Americans. They, they know that ISIS was there, maybe this guy named Assad who looks like Urban Meyer, but other than that, I don't know. What is Syria? It's, well, it's basically the United States now. It's, it's tribal. You've got all of, <laughs> all of these different factions fighting. It's really hard to keep track of. There's no real uniforms. You know, it's, it's, it's an absolute disaster because you've whether it's the Kurds, whether it's different militias there, some of which are trained by us, some of which are trained by this country. But again, they don't wear uniforms. It's complicated. You've got Assad pushing down, doing his thing. It's really become such a mess that even someone who's lived in that part of the world and done a bunch of stuff there during my adult life, it's hard to track. And, and I know and lived this stuff. Um, so it's a complicated issue, but, but it, it's really also kind of scary um, as you look at that and say, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on there anymore other than it's a mess and we need to be really careful that the same thing again is happening here. You've got both parties fractured. You've got the far right who's mad at the rhinos. You've got the folks in the middle like, well, where am I? Like, what's what, what's left here in the middle? Same thing happened on the other side. We're very tribal here. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see the parallels. Drew Berkowitz to everybody. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. We're still not done. You have to wait and see Rand Paul. It's awesome. Hang on. I have very few things in life I take pleasure in. I like pizza, hang out with the fam, I like to talk to you on TV and radio, but one of those things I've really come to enjoy is watching the few U.S. Senators we have who are worth anything absolutely destroy corrupt people and, well, enjoy. What do you think in general about boys running in girls' track meets like they've been doing in Connecticut? I think that it's critically important that education systems and educators respect the rights of all students, including students who are transgender, um, and that they are afforded the opportunities that every other student has to uh, participate in extracurricular activity. Does it bother you that like the top 20% of boys running in track meets beat all of the girls in the state and that it, you know, would be, you know, completely destroy girls' athletics, that girls are being pushed out, um, they don't make the finals in the state meet, they don't get college scholarships, that it's really detrimental to girls' sports? Do you worry about having boys running girls' track meets? You know, I, I recognize and appreciate the concerns um, and the uh, frustrations that are expressed. I've as Commissioner of Education, have had conversations with families uh, who have felt the way you just described it and families of uh, students who are transgender. Well, a lot of us think that that's bizarre, you know, not very fair. You know, I come from a family that has a lot of girls who have been, have competed in college athletics, have been state champions, and frankly, you know, some boy that's six foot two competing against my five foot four niece doesn't sound very fair. I think most people in the country think it's bizarre, you know, that it's just <laughs> completely bizarre and unfair that people, and you're going to run the Department of Education, 
you've got no problem with it. Um, that concerns me. And I, I think it's, this kind of thing is going to lead to really just the vast majority of America just wondering who are these people that think it's okay? From what planet are you from? I mean, to think it's okay that boys would compete with girls in a track meet, that that somehow would be fair. Do you know my favorite part about that? As Rand Paul looks like he's half asleep. As he just crushes this guy. Well, I mean, I mean, you actually think that's fair? It's, you actually think that's fair? I loved it. I loved it. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.